With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. already and we're only halfway done exactly the opposite of last week's alabama athletics week this week a lot of positive news hats off to bill battle for a great hire i'm not sure how he was able to steal west hart off the florida state staff uh, he was an assistant on their 2014 soccer championship ladies team and now he's the new head coach of alabama soccer so great job coach battle oh and there was another hire announced this week as well and that Drew Diarmond of Alabama Intel. And by the way, I'm Kerry Clark from Bama Mag. Drew, uh, a lot of positivity this week in the Crimson Tide Basketball Nation with the announcement of one Avery Johnson as the program's 20th head coach. No doubt, Kerry. A big-time hire uh, for the Crimson Tide. Uh, it was a very exciting time. Uh, Avery Johnson knocked it out of the park uh, with the press conference. Uh, very passionate, uh, a lot of energy in the program, which is what needed to happen. A lot of national attention, and uh, now needs to, you know, finish his coaching staff. He's in Montgomery right now with Antoine Petway, uh, obviously uh, visiting with one BA Brandon Austin, who will hopefully be on Bams Radio soon uh, to talk about meeting Avery and what his take is on that situation. Uh, we hope to have him on in the near future, but. Uh, just really, really, really uh, excited to see where Alabama basketball goes. And as uh, you know, Avery said, buckle up. It's going to be a great ride, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Thomas made the point while we were chatting before the show came on. Uh, it, it's hard to remember a new hire at any level of, of collegiate sports ever doing a better job of winning the press conference. I, I certainly thought Avery did that, Drew. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, he, was re- he was passionate. I thought he got his point across. He obviously uh, wants to take the program to heights it has not seen. Um, obviously, there were some, there has been some critics saying that he's never coached in college, and uh, you know who, who all. I found it humorous uh, to hear the moron on Feinbaum call in from uh, Austin, Texas, and continue to rip and say who all wanted Avery Johnson except the high school and the University of Alabama. If the schmuck would read Chip Brown's. Uh, Twitter feed, if they hadn't hired Shaka Smart, we I think we all know who would be a Longhorn right now, uh, obviously, would be Avery Johnson. He was next in line. Luckily, they hired Shaka. Alabama got uh, Avery Johnson. Alabama, obviously, was did not get Greg Marshall, 
But as the old Garth Brooks song goes, sometimes God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Might be, uh, because, you know, every recruit in the world knows who Avery Johnson is. Uh, They either saw him coach or saw him on ESPN or their parents saw him play. They all, they all know who he is. Uh, he's got a familiar face, a familiar voice, extremely personable, uh, a great promoter, which was missing for six years in, in Tuscaloosa. No uh, there really aren't enough good things you could say, but there are some questions that have to be answered, as you alluded to. Uh, he has only retained one assistant uh, thus far from the staff of uh, – Anthony Grant. Uh, John Brown is now the head coach at Northern Kentucky. Congrats to John. Congratulations, yes, absolutely. Uh, Spoon, Reggie Witherspoon, apparently not going to be retained. Antoine Petway, as we predicted, is retained and is riding around the state as we speak, visiting with various and sundry recruits. Um, the question is, who are going to be the other two hires? Uh, we thought for a few hours, maybe one of them might be Rick Stansberry, but I take it that did not work out. Uh, you know, it did not. As of right now, I mean, anything can happen, counter offer and whatnot. But uh, obviously, he was targeted last night, and uh, there was an offer on his desk. But he had some meetings with Billy Kennedy and the athletic director yesterday morning. I think, uh, from what I was told, Petway and uh, and Avery Johnson flew out to Texas last night uh, to talk with him. Thought that might be happening. Was inclined to think it would, but. As of this afternoon around lunchtime, I was informed by someone close to Rick Stansberry that uh, he had decided to stay in uh, College Station. Not really surprised because, obviously, Billy Kennedy's job hinges on Rick Stansberry staying there. They're bringing in a top-three-ranked recruiting class, but if Texas A&M does not go to the big dance next year, uh, Billy Kennedy will be looking for a job, and he needed Rick Stansberry to stay there. Uh, it would have been an interesting hire, and Obviously, there's a lot of mixed feelings about Rick Stansbury from the Tide Nation with what happened between he and Mark Godfrey head-to-head head head when he was in Starkville as head coach uh, back in the early to in the mid-2000s. And, but I think uh, he's a great recruiter, there's no doubt about that, and a veteran head coach. I think it would have been a fit because Avery is familiar with him. Uh, obviously, uh, his son plays at Texas A&M. They had helped uh, – as I just said, they have, they have a top three ranked recruiting class coming in in the nationally, and obviously Avery and his son Avery Johnson Jr. helped uh, Billy Kennedy and uh, Rick Stansbury put that class together. But again, obviously, I still think he's going to put together a very strong staff. I heard today inclinations are a couple other names to watch are Butch Pierre at Oklahoma State, who had been at LSU for a long time and has a lot of contacts in the southeast and is from the same area. That where Avery grew up, I believe, and then also uh, Robert Kirby, uh, one of Josh Passner's assistants at Memphis. Yeah, I don't think any of those guys are a big man coach, so I'm holding out hope that he may, when the season's over in the NBA, contact Roy Rogers. Right, right. I think one of the guys needs to be a someone that is a good recruiter, but also has a, a, a background developing post players. Tom Asbury is really the last uh, guy that Alabama had that with the expertise in that background. And, uh, and, of course, not surprisingly, the last time Alabama had any big men of consequence. Right. So, And I, and I really did not even know until I looked at my paper. Uh, AL.com had also suggested the possibility of contacting Roy Rogers. I don't know if that's on the radar for Avery or not, but obviously he needs to bring in somebody that's adept at developing post players, as you just noted. 
Uh, and, you know, I'm sure there's some other names that he said he had about two dozen people contacting directly yeah. about the openings, about two openings. So there's definitely a lot of interest. Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with Butch Pierre from his time as a player and a coach. I've heard uh, Robert Kirby's name as a recruiter. Um, but, again, I don't know that either of those guys has a, a big man uh, background. So I'm thinking it might be one of those two plus somebody else. Right. I would think that's so. That's fine. And that's fine. I, I salute him for, you know, swinging for the fences, though, initially. And I wonder if he's made it down to uh, Theodore yet to talk to Dazon Ingram or if that's later tonight. Well, I think he was supposed to see him today. As I said, I think he's in Montgomery right now. Uh, not sure if he has been to see Dazon uh, or not yet, but I'm sure uh, when that if, if not, that's going to happen tonight. And I fully expect with Antoine Petway being retained that and with the background of Avery Johnson, that Dazon Ingram will sign with Alabama on April 13th. Oh, I, I, I totally agree. And that's uh, Monday, by the way, for those of you keeping score. Probably geographically he went Montgomery and then we'll hit Laverne for Dante Hall and then Mobile for Dazon. That would probably be the, the three stops on the schedule today if, you, if you're looking at a map or so. That would make a lot of sense, basically all within the I-65 quarter. So uh, that, that would be fine. And, um, Good to hear he's already on the road recruiting. Uh, one thing that people are going to be curious about, Drew, naturally, since they're related, is uh, one of the top unsigned players in the country, uh, probably the top unsigned guy in the South, is Malik Newman out of Mississippi, who apparently is a cousin of some sort to Avery Johnson. A lot of people think Newman's going to go to Kentucky because they've been on so long, but I wonder if uh, Avery will even give a shot at that. I think he will, but it's going to be a, a tough uh, sell. I hear that uh, Kentucky, of course, is in at LSU, but Mississippi State's also uh, going all in with uh, Ben Howland. His dad is, of course, a former uh, Mississippi State all-conference forward, Horatio Webster. Uh, So Mississippi State uh, is going to be in it the whole time. It's going to be interesting to see where Malik Newman ends up. Um, I think NC State, Mark Godfrey is also uh, recruiting him, but I believe Malik will probably end up at either Kentucky or MSU. Uh, LSU would probably be third. Alabama's it's going to be really tough, uh, especially if Rick Stansberry is not, you know, on the staff. Obviously, Rick coached Horatio Webster. If Rick had been on the staff, I think they would have had a chance to get involved. But uh, Mississippi State, from what I was told last night, is really, really coming on with Ben Howland. Oh, yeah, Ben's, Ben's quite the recruiter. He knows what to say. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, uh, looking back, uh, there were a lot of Alabama fans that, that wanted Ben Howland, uh, State got him. There were a few Alabama fans that wanted Rick Barnes, Tennessee got him. A year ago, there were dozens and dozens, probably hundreds of Alabama fans that wanted Bruce Pearl, all of them got him. But Alabama ended up with uh, such a, a personable guy in Avery Johnson and, and a guy that's going to get along with recruits and their families. And a guy that's a, a tenacious game day coach. Uh, I remember watching him in the NBA Finals back in 06. He kicked off the refs every possession he lives and dies. I'm not so sure Alabama didn't come out ahead of all those four schools. Oh, you can make the argument. I mean, there are there are unknowns. He has not coached on the college level, but he's coached on the highest level of basketball, been NBA coach of the year, reached the finals, won an NBA championship. Uh, he, and the biggest thing, I think, is he is also a native of the South, native of New Orleans. He's familiar with the region. And obviously he's been involved in AAU basketball the last couple of years. He's got a lot of contacts, which is really going to help him. And uh, I think the biggest thing, he wanted to be at Alabama carry, and he's hungry to prove people wrong. And much like his playing career when he was undrafted and then went on to play 16 years, he's got a chip on his shoulder to prove people wrong. And 
Alabama is going to reap the benefits there, I think. Well, I, I want to jump in real quick and, and drive that point home. Even from the moment he said on campus, his first his first press conference, we said he won. Then I, I know both of you have seen the speech he gave to the, basket, uh, the basketball team, the football team. If you haven't seen that, go check it out. It's on RollTide.com. I can maybe put a link in our chat or I can tweet it. it he even put, like, for, for lack of a better term, he put boots to asses then when he was talking to the football team. And if you compare him to Anthony Grant, I didn't see any of that. Like, this guy, from the second he was on campus, he's not just invested in basketball success, he's invested in success, period. And I think that is extraordinarily important to resurrect the zombie that was men's basketball. Well, I mean, when you do enough interviews in a day and a half, Thomas, that – covered the last six years that tells you a lot <laughs> and uh he's he's done a lot of radio interviews he will do one on my station tomorrow morning um he's been on jocks he's been on fine bomb he's been out invisible and uh, anthony grant never was it's not his style and obviously um it, it never fit here at alabama you have to promote the program you have to get out and and use football to your advantage. I know Anthony Grant used uh, Nick Saban, but he still he never tried to promote anything. You never. I, I would be venturing to guess that Avery Johnson will be uh, at just about every home football game uh, next year, and he will. If there's a microphone nearby, he will find it, and he will be either on the broadcast on the SEC Network or either even drop in with, with Eli Gold and those guys maybe before the game to make himself visible and known, to let people know he's there, and to be and to promote the program, you know, in any in any uh, venue in any way he can. One of my favorite parts of the press conference yesterday, other than when he uh, rebuked those of us, myself included, when I first heard his name, I was worried about the recruiting. And he rebuked all that. But my, one of my favorite parts is when he turned over there and looked at the guys and said. Uh, and to my brethren in the media, I was like, okay, now we have not heard that in six years. Uh, we got a guy that's been on ESPN the last couple of years, uh, understands the job of the media, and uh, press conferences, uh, whether they be midweek or po- uh, post-game, what have you, they're no longer going to be scripted and dull. They're going to be exciting and fun and informative. Bruce. Yeah, I think so. I don't think there's any doubt. He's going to be a passionate guy. If the, the team doesn't play well, you're going to, it's going to be readily apparent. If if they play good basketball, then that is going. Then he they will re, he will reap the, he will reap the praises of, of his squad. And now what's going to be interesting, Kerry, is he needs to obviously keep his roster in place and try to uh, and re-recruit the guys that he has now because there is some talent there. And then obviously he talked about adding a couple pieces. One of those being Dazon Ingram. But if they add another piece, that obviously means somebody would have to depart because he's got nine scholarship guys and you can carry 13 and they've signed three players. who, And I I say three, but I'm I'm anticipating days on Ingram being the third. And then he would, if if you add two more pieces, then somebody would be uh, moving on. on. We'll just have to wait and see how the roster attrition works itself out. Yeah, he said he didn't plan to blow up the roster. Uh, yes. But he also didn't rule out having to make some tough decisions uh, between now and the end of the semester. So you'll know if anybody's leaving based on uh, how many he signs. If he only signs days on and say a post, and that's it, and theoretically, if they choose to, everybody can come back. 
But if he signs even even one more person after they've on in some unknown post, then a uh, post player, I mean, then you'll know that, that somebody could be leaving. It's probably not fair to speculate. I did find it interesting that the voice of the team at the press conference yesterday when it was over was Retina Bosselhan. That's a guy that a lot of people have wondered, you know, what his future holds with the coaching change. Does he plan to graduate and go play somewhere else or graduate and go play in Europe, what have you? But uh, Retina Bosselhan was talking yesterday like he was really on board with Adrian. My all indications, Retina be back. That was one I was wondering about. But there are others, like uh, I know that uh, there's been strong rumors that Mark Godfrey put Trevor Lacey up to calling uh, Jimmy Taylor and Shannon Hale. Uh, I don't think you have to do a whole lot of re-recruiting on those two. Now that they've got an NBA guy in the camp. Uh, I guess I would start to wonder about maybe some guys that didn't get as much playing time and what their future is. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to work. There are there've been some rumors about Justin Coleman, but with Avery Johnson's background as a point guard and, and uh, the way he's in coaching, I, mean, I would think that Justin Coleman. Would I'd be stay. more concerned about Devin Mitchell, really. Yeah, uh, Devin Mitchell, someone to watch. He didn't get a whole lot of minutes as a shooter. Uh, he also didn't get much coaching. So, I mean, Avery could still definitely make a player out of him, but you could see Devin Mitchell considering moving on. But, again, you would think Justin Coleman would stay. And uh, the, the, the two that have heard the, the most buzz are Justin Coleman and uh, Shannon Hale. But, as you said, obviously, uh, Shannon Hale's a talented player, needs to get tougher. Uh, but they, they need as many big guys as they can get. And you would think that uh, one of the first priorities for Avery is to, to keep him in the program and Jimmy Taylor. Jimmy's a, you know, a, an Alabama native. He's somebody that got better as the year went on. And if they hired uh, you know, someone to help him on the coaching staff, and I believe Avery will, uh, I, I fully anticipate you know, Jimmy Taylor coming back. There's no doubt about that. But, again, and, and hopefully down the road, Alabama will get a chance to play NC State because I'd like to bust them up a little bit. That'd be uh, nice to have them come into Coleman for that conference game. Yeah, and get beat by 25. That'd be nice, too. They got, they got some good personnel, but it could be nice. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, who knows if they'll play or not. But one of the ironic things is that the tournament in Orlando that Alabama signed up for this, I think it's December, might be November, uh, several of the quote-unquote coaching candidates are, are going to be in that tournament playing against Alabama. Yeah, no doubt. Dayton will be in it. Wichita State, uh, Notre Dame. It's going to be a talented field, no doubt about that. And so uh, it will be interesting if Wichita State and Alabama end up going head up in that tournament. We've uh, gone 18 minutes on the new basketball hire, uh, and there are other things we want to talk about, you know, such as football for one. Because Drew, I know that you had a chance to uh, take in the scrimmage uh, last Friday. And I was wondering if you could uh, maybe share some of the observations from that with our listeners. Yeah, I mean, it was very interesting. Obviously, uh, defensively, I felt like they they performed pretty well. Um, When you go down the three levels, the defensive line was very, very impressive, Uh, a lot of depth. Um, Jaron Reed and A'shaun Robinson looked like future pros without a doubt. Um, Obviously, Alabama dodged a bullet again with A'shaun. Uh, he, he sprained his ankle and knee in practice this week when he got rolled up on Monday. Uh, we'll be out for the rest of the spring, but it's not a season-ending injury by any stretch. So he will be back. But he was he, he had a pick six off of Blake Barnett on a on a, in the two-minute drill, very athletic play. And he and Jaron Reed were you know in, were very impressive inside as one as was Dalvin Tomlinson. 
Uh, Dalvin is now a redshirt junior. He really seems to be coming into his own. And Deshaun Hand. So that, there's a lot of depth there. Josh Frazier. Um, uh, Darren Lake looks much better. I think he's in better shape trying to take a leadership role uh, from the nose spot. But the defensive line is definitely uh, the bell cow of the defense. And then the best player defensively, without beyond a shadow of a reasonable doubt, is uh, is representing the two five six Reggie Ragland, uh, middle now moved to Mike linebacker, had a fumble recovery, uh, was flying around, was just tremendous. Uh, I felt like again was the best overall player on the field, looked like a future top ten pick. I was sitting with two uh, former Alabama players, and they were very very high uh, on his performance and. They feel like he will be, should he stay healthy, with the the, the improvement he made last year, then you can look, go into his senior season, that he will without a doubt uh, be someone that can go high in the NFL draft. And then, obviously, Sean Dion Hamilton and Reuben Foster are fighting it out at the will spot. Coach Saban has been very pleased with uh, Reuben's spring, and I think Sean's been solid. Also, Keith Holcomb flashed a little bit. So, they're trying to develop some depth inside. And then, uh, you know, obviously with his shoulder surgery, not a lot of action for uh, for Ryan Anderson. Uh, didn't really participate in the scrimmage. So you got a chance to see a lot of Rashawn Evans and, and Christian Miller. Miller's finally started to gain weight. Uh, he was active on, as a rabbit rusher. Did a nice job. He's got really long arms. Still needs to continue to, of course, get stronger and add weight. But I think showed a lot of potential. And then, of course, Tim Williams. Oxford boy coaching him very hard. I think they're in, they're uh, encouraged uh, with his progress, and then they'll get Denzel Duvall back in the spring. Obviously, you still got Dylan Lee who can play inside and out. So the linebacking core is getting stronger, uh, looking better with some young talent, and then the secondary. Uh, what more can you say? Uh, Ronnie Harrison, who I've always been high on, who put on as good a camp performance as any uh, that's ever been. Of any prospect ever in the Nick Saban era last summer is a freak show. I mean, he's uh, an early enrollee, of course, and he's already running first team at free safety. He played the entire scrimmage first team. Uh, I think he's going to, you know, play a lot this year. His mental retention has been good. Very long arms, big frame. He and Hootie Jones, uh, it's strong and free right now. Seem to be the top two guys with Geno Smith just reinstated from his issues with the DUI. So I think those two guys are the ones to watch. And then at the star nickel back, you're going to see Maurice Smith and Jabril Washington. You know, Jabril's got program guy. Not big in stature from Jackson, Tennessee, but he knows the scheme inside and out. And uh, I think uh, he'll be he'll get some reps. Maurice Smith again, he will get some. And then Deontay Thompson, you know, he's moved to wide receiver in the last couple of practices. He had a couple of picks in the scrimmage, but they're kind of experimenting with him. We will see. But I think I have heard that could easily be permanent. And if so, that just goes to show you that Eddie Jackson will be moved to free safety permanently. And at Alabama Intel, we have thought that was the case for a while. Either Tony Brown or Eddie would be moved. And it looks like Eddie is going to be the one moved. He he struggled big time in the scrimmage at corner covering the deep ball. Ty Fornoy Smith beat him. Uh, Obviously, Raheem Falkins. But obviously, uh, he still has talent. He just needs to get his confidence back. I think the move with him is he buys in. And then with corner, Bradley Smith, pretty solid. Um, and but Marlon, the one that's really coming, uh, he had several pass breakups. I thought Tony Brown were the two best corners out there. And I thought, again, 
pretty good. Anthony Avery is the other corner right now. I guess Cyrus Jones is out with a hip injury, but uh, pretty much knows what he, what Cyrus can do. So Cyrus is the best corner on the team from the perspective of technique and from the perspective of experience, and that's pretty exciting. That's not for me. Uh, on the right. offensive side of the ball, uh, what did you see from any of the quarterbacks? Um, it was a lot of struggles. Jake Coker had one good series. It was really up and down. Had a nice touchdown throw to Robert Foster. Then Foster went on to drop one in the end zone. But Jake is still uh, hesitant uh, to make his reads and to get in the football. Doesn't come out on time all the time. Uh, he did throw a pick early to Tony Brown. It's that he's still a work in progress. Obviously, Alec Morris had the turnover on the fumble to Reggie Ragland, and he really didn't distinguish himself but was encouraged by the young quarterback. David Cornwell threw two passes on quick hitches to uh, O.J. Howard. Nice run after the catch for four yards down the sideline, 40-plus, and then a 50-plus-yard play to, to our Darius Stewart. So he, he did some good things. Had an interception to Deontay on the last play in the two-minute drill of the scrimmage, but still uh, much more good than bad. And then, you know, it was only his eighth practice with Blake Barnett. Uh, showed tremendous pocket presence, even with the twos and the threes. The ball seemed to come out quickly uh, on, on time with, with him, more so than the other QBs. He went through his reads decisively. Uh, he showed some mobility and some excellent arm strength. He did have the one bonehead interception, uh, which was his one mistake uh, in the two-minute, but then he bounced right back and ripped one to Darius Stewart. was called back via penalty, but it was a great throw. And then he came back with another nice throw that should have been a catch. It was a drop over the middle. So he uh, he showed a lot of moxie. And I think uh, in another year when he builds his body up, he'll have a very, very good chance in 2016 of being the quarterback. But anxious to see all four of them and how they do this Saturday with scrimmage number two in Bryant-Denny Stadium. And uh, that's going to be very, very interesting to follow the rest of spring. As I've said, I don't think that uh, the, the QB situation will resolve itself until the fall. And uh, I still stick with that, but we will see. What impressions? I'm not sure how much they ran the ball, but what impressions did you you have of the offensive line? Uh, it was up and down. They did some good things. They did give up a little bit too much pressure at times. Uh, they did get stoned in the running game some, but then they they did spring Derrick Henry on a 70 yard run. Uh, and obviously, Bo Scarborough before the unfortunate injury was had a couple of touchdowns, had some success. Sherry's Flowers had a little bit of success as well, but it was up and down. And uh, the first team line uh, was obviously uh, Ryan Kelly at center. Uh, your left guard was Ross Piersbacher, who's Coach Saban has been very high on. Uh, left tackle Cameron Robinson, right tackle Dominic Jackson, who had some issues, missed some assignments, but then also was very physical. Uh, Bradley Bozeman at right guard. And then the, the two most interesting things, Brandon Green, of course, was the backup left tackle. The other two interesting backups, because Shank Taylor was out with a sprained MCL, was they had Ryan Kelly as the backup right guard, some, and then they also had uh, J.C. Hassenauer at center, and Joshua Casher was the third center. So I thought those were some interesting observations. And I was, I would, I'll tell you this, I was pleased with Dakota Ball. Dakota Ball did a good job uh, at tight end blocking. I think he's made some progress. They need an inline blocker at tight end. Johnny Dwight still... Um, developing, and then with Brandon Green having to go to left tackle to back up Cam, they really needed somebody to step forward, and thus far, the junior from Pepperell, Georgia, has done so. We'll see if he can continue to do that, but a former player I was sitting with was very impressed with his blocking, and 
Uh, he needs to step up because defensive line, he was buried on the depth chart. Uh, the tight end is wide open, and he's got a chance to do some damage. Though they could use Brandon Green in an unbalanced line some since he's played tight end as well. I take it Kenyon Drake didn't do much. Uh, he was in a black jersey. He carried a few, caught a few swing passes, but was not tackled live. And, of course, that's to be expected. And uh, they know that they don't want to rush him back. It, it is amazing that he's already taking reps anyway. So uh, it's just it, – but it's something that that's just uh, – you know, the, it, they're going to be cautious with Kenyon. And uh, he he looked good. He moved well. Uh, but they didn't want they don't want to push uh, 17, especially now what happened with Bo Scarborough. It just moves up the timeline for Damian Harris uh, to see playing time in the fall. Yeah, Damian Harris has gone from being a major possible redshirt to being maybe the number three guy, at least until uh, October. I don't think they're, they're planning on a bow back until, I think, October. Is that right? Yeah, that, and he, I think that's even pushing it. He, he's had the the, uh, the left knee already operated on. He said he came back faster. Now he's had the right one. Uh, you, you don't want to push him too soon. Obviously, he can redshirt if necessary, but if he comes back strong, he could. I, I'd say the earliest would probably be mid-October, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens. And, and wide receiver-wise, I just talked about Ardarius making a big play. Uh, they didn't target Chris Black a whole lot, uh, obviously, but uh, they did. I, I'll say that uh, uh, Cameron Sims being out with ACL, that, they had to have some guys step up and, and uh, one guy that really did uh, do a good job was uh, someone that hasn't had a lot of buzz until then, but Derek Keith. Uh, he doesn't have great speed, but he's very long at 6'5". He made a great, uh, ran a great route, made a really good catch on a, on a throw by Blake Barnett for a touchdown and showed excellent hands throughout on some balls that weren't you know, perfect throws, but he still came up with them over the middle. He'll be a guy in the red zone that can, you know, be a factor. And then, obviously, Robert Foster, he looked improved. He did have the drop in the end zone, but then did catch a touchdown pass and made some other plays. And it's imperative that he continue to come into his own because, Kerry, he was the number one receiver in the country and is still a very talented guy. But I don't think there's any doubt once they get here in May that uh, Calvin Ridley and Daylon Charlotte can uh, start competing for playing time. Yeah, uh, there's, there's, there's four slots and. Yeah, we don't know how, how long Cam will be out. Uh, hopefully, Cam will be available in August. You know, we can hope, but we don't know. Cam yeah. depends on me. So, uh, but you know, we're gonna, we did, we, yeah, I would too. Uh, we did give a, a good little uh, just there to, to football. Appreciate the scrimmage report. Uh, we're going to turn it back to basketball now. Uh, our unofficial basketball analyst is on hold on Big Head Barbecue Hotline, or you can also join us at seven one four five one zero three seven zero seven. That's 714-510-3707, the Big Head Barbecue Band Radio Hotline. Joining us now, uh, a columnist for the Alex City Outlook, a host of uh, Sports Blitz Radio, and a key figure in his family business, Robinson Iron, which if y'all don't know, that's the group that renovated the Vulcan. We want to go ahead and bring on my friend and yours, Luke Robinson. Luke, I understand you are pretty fired up about the new basketball hire. Yeah, I really am. I'm very, very excited. It's almost, I'll tell you, I don't know if you guys heard the comments from Bill Battle on Feinbaum today, but after hearing those comments, uh, which were pretty unbelievable, uh, I'm even happier because I feel like we're incredibly, incredibly lucky to have Avery Johnson as a head coach. And if you didn't hear what Bill Battle, Bill Battle said on Feinbaum, it was basically Feinbaum went on a, a 
some questions with him and said, look, tell me about the Anthony Grant situation when you knew that uh, it, that was not going to carry on. And Bill Battle said, well, I think he said in February, I had told Anthony Grant, let's come out and say you're coming back. And Anthony Grant said, and this is according to Bill Battle now, Anthony Grant said, well, I don't know that we need to do that just yet. So Anthony Grant knew Anthony Grant needed to go, and Bill Battle didn't apparently. That's what scares me so much. And then the fact that Bill Battle was still able to go out and get somebody like Avery Johnson makes me feel like Alabama is even more blessed. Yeah, there's no doubt, Luke. That's a, even even what Bill Battle said at the press conference yesterday about if I'm out of here if Nick Saban uh, retires in football. I don't want to hire the football coach. Obviously, is is the face of the athletic department, which is what Bill Battle is. Your job is to be able to hire coaches if necessary and make tough decisions. It kind of gives everybody they all cringe. I think we all cringe as a Bama Nation. Uh, we want Bill Battle to to be here and do well, but. Uh, just sometimes you wonder if he really is an athletic director because the athletic department is a big business. You need a CEO type that has a lot of contacts in the coaching world and can make tough decisions. And uh, But obviously, hopefully Coach Battle, uh, luckily Avery Johnson and his agent reached out and Coach Battle decided to meet with Avery Johnson and, and hopefully uh, it's going to end up being a home run for the Tide. Yeah, I think it will be, and that's the theme of the day. Alabama fans should be fired up. Um, it's funny, a lot of guys that I work with at Sports Blitz, they also do, which is a pretty famous show based out of Auburn called Sports Call, and it's been around for a long, long time. And it's certainly Auburn-based, and I called into the show a little bit ago. And, you know, obviously, whenever Alabama or Auburn hires somebody, the other side is going to – poo-poo the idea from the start. And and Auburn fans really are going on about Avery Johnson and and the lack of experience. And I basically said, look, I'm willing – that's a risk I'm willing to take. If if the negative on him is that he just hadn't coached in college, man, I'm all for it. Because I'll tell you, he killed the press conference. I think everybody uh, has to believe that. Even an Auburn fan would have to admit Avery Johnson killed the press conference. Uh, It's hard to deny the fact – that he has a magnetic personality. So even though he hadn't done a ton of recruiting, you have to feel much better about it if you had any doubts after yesterday. Um, He certainly has a ton of experience in basketball in general and with basketball's most uh, marketing platform in ESPN. He's spending a lot of time at ESPN, and that's huge. And that's one thing that Auburn fans loved about Bruce Pearl was that he had been at ESPN so much. Well, Avery Johnson has been there just actually longer, so I think that's got to be a positive. Uh, the fact that he grew up in the South, he uh, grew up in New Orleans, and if you grew up in the South, in New Orleans, I automatically believe you're tough. You're going to have to prove to me you're not tough. Uh, then he goes to junior college, so he knows about those routes. He knows about going to play small school and being a bit of an underdog. He knows about that. He knows about playing in the SEC kind of, sort of, just by association because he played at Southern in Baton Rouge. Then he goes to the NBA. He knows about being a journeyman and what all that's about. And then he knows about winning championships because he he certainly did it with the Spurs. He, he knows about building a winner because he learned things under Greg Popovich. So, I mean, tell me what there isn't to like about the guy. He's 
you know, let me say this, even though he hasn't had the opportunity to have any NCAA trouble, he's never had any. So I, I feel good about that, too. I mean, there, there's a million reasons to be happy about this hire. And if you want to get hung up on the fact that he doesn't have experience, well, I, I mean, everybody had to have experience. Everybody had to get started somewhere. I mean, Nick Saban didn't have a ton of experience uh, when he got his first coaching gig. You've you, you got to start somewhere, and Avery Johnson – is starting his college experience with Alabama. The good news is he does have experience as a head coach. Yes, no doubt. On the highest level in the NBA, was NBA coach of the year. So saying he has no experience is kind of a misnomer. And I've heard from a good friend in, the, in my industry, I'm, I now have my own radio show, but he has one in Tuscaloosa. And Ryan Fowler told me yesterday he got a lot of calls from Auburn fans making fun of Avery Johnson, and that only tells me one thing that they're scared to death and they're worried. And uh, yeah. obviously they should be. This ain't going to be a cakewalk for Bruce Pearl anymore. He's already 0-2 against Anthony Grant. And uh, we'll see what happens when we get even better players. And obviously Auburn is recruiting very well. He and Chuck Person are doing a good job. But uh, they uh, the, the, the state, the recruiting in-state and the landscape in the southeast with, uh, with Avery Johnson, with Rick Barnes, and with Ben Howland just made Bruce Pearl's job much tougher. I would put the over and under with him at Auburn at three years, and he'll be gone to another job, and Auburn basketball will be back in the abyss again. But that's just my take. Let me say this, too, uh, just, to, just to kind of uh, dogleg on that. Uh, I don't think it's a done deal now anymore that Austin Wiley's going to Auburn. Well, we'll see. I mean, that's going to be a tough one with his background. Uh, obviously, um, he's Vicky Orr's his mother. His father also went to Auburn. We will see. He all, but he does love Kentucky. I mean, he's, I've, I've heard an interview with him. It came out of his mouth. If he continues to up his profile, we understand Coach Cal is very picky now and only takes the best of the best. But if UK comes to calling, it may not matter what the rest of them do. But I do no, think that's, Avery's that's not going to be intimidated about that. Oh, excuse me, Luke. But I don't think Avery will be intimidated by, by that, and they're still going to try to recruit Aubrey Wiley, no doubt about it. Yeah, and I, look, I, we'll take a shot at him, but it, it, that is an uphill climb uh, just about no matter the scenario. I mean, that's going to be a tough one. But if, here's the thing, I guess, if you want to point at another negative right now after that press conference. Avery Johnson – came out swinging, and he came out swinging for the fences. So if next year Alabama doesn't do so well, I don't know that, uh, you know, that will give the momentum that he really wants. I mean, if he if he goes to the NIT, I think everybody will be okay. Uh, if he goes to NCAA, you know, sky's the limit. But if he misses the tournament altogether or we sort of backdoor our way into the NIT, um, I think that could be a problem considering how many punches he threw in that press conference. I mean, he came out not necessarily cocky, but very, very confident. And so I think he's got a lot to live up to. So I, I want to see something from Avery Johnson here pretty quickly because he made it clear, look, I, I'm I'm going to come in and we're going to make this thing happen. So I want to see Dazon Ingram get back in the fold first and foremost. Um, I know he had a long talk with Coach Johnson today, but I think that he needs to get back in the fold. And then let's find – one or two other guys. I mean, Alabama could have some transfers. Everybody on that roster has been rumored to transfer out. So perhaps Alabama is going to lose a guy or two, and if they do, that could be addition by subtraction. 
and maybe Avery Johnson is able to find somebody that could come in. There was a, a lot of scuttlebutt yesterday about uh, is it Willie Cousy, I believe, is how you say it. I think that some other people have said it wrong forever, but um, I, th- I talked to one of his old coaches, and that's how he always said it. And um, he's at Kennesaw State. He was at Auburn. He's transferred to Kennesaw State. There's a rumor out there about him being connected to Alabama. And this is a 6'10 guy that has some – talent. I mean, he's not going to change your program, but he's got some talent. He could come in and help you out. Uh, so I, I, I think we're going to have to see some waves, number one, in recruiting pretty quickly. And if, if you just get Ingram back in the fold, I think that suffices. And then next year, I think we're going to have to see some nice big wins and, and some momentum in the, in the postseason. Because in basketball, that's what it's all about. It's, it's all about the postseason. You look at Bruce Pearl last year, for instance. Auburn limped into the SEC tournament, what, they were 12 and 19 maybe, and they come out of there 15 and 20, and Auburn fans couldn't be any happier because they showed that they defeated a bad Mississippi State team, a Texas A&M team that had given up, and an LSU team that was Jekyll and Hyde, and they couldn't be any more fired up because of those three wins. And, And it's all about the postseason with basketball. So I think that if Anthony Grant – I keep saying that. That is, You talk about a faux pas. <laughs> I've said Anthony Grant over Avery Johnson a million times in the last couple of days. But if Avery Johnson can make some waves in his first season, um, it, the sky certainly will be the limit. But I think he set himself up to have to do that. It's interesting to me to know uh, in, in the short time between now and the fall signing period, which is, you know, November. It's not that far off. Will he have time? And I'll, I'll ask you and Drew both. Will we have time to get in good enough to have a shot at, at Josh Langford or Madison Academy? That uh, you know, it's going to be fun. interesting. Go ahead, Luke. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I think that's that's certainly interesting. Um, that would be you talk about a coup, but I know he was out and about today. I saw all over Twitter that he was visiting several coaches along the river region, and he was uh, he was at Keith High School. I thought that was an and at first you may say, well, they're not going to produce a lot of talent, but see, that's not what it is. I think you get out right, there, you exactly. meet every coach on every level. I mean, you go out there, you don't want to alienate one single team because you never know. Uh, somebody like a Brantley has had the, the persons, and I can tell you right now, I bet you Alabama through the years wishes they had had those two persons in their program. Um, both Wesley and Chuck were incredible. So I think you can – and uh, the Wesley uh, person junior has been pretty incredible. If you ask me, I would have taken him. But um, I think that you've got to go visit every single program in the state, you, even though people do know you. And Avery Johnson made it abundantly clear people know who he is. I think that you still have to get out there and show your face because the, while the kids may not know exactly who you are, I mean, they may not be old enough to remember Avery Johnson and his playing days and what a gritty, tough player he was. You can bet your bottom dollar those high school coaches, every single one of them knows who he is, and they will all be thrilled to meet him. So I think he's got to get out and about, and he's doing the right thing. Well, Luke, I had Wimp Sanderson on my radio show earlier this week, and he made a great point that he always tried to make the high school coaches feel like they were his friend and that they were a part of it and that they want, he wanted to make them feel as comfortable as possible to come down to visit and to br- be comfortable bringing their players to play there. 
uh, Wimp, I think that was his strength. A lot of people don't remember that, but he was a great recruiter. Uh, I, I talked to a lot of high school coaches, and I know you do too. They all still hold him in reverence. I mean, he's still very, very popular. And I thought it was very telling and a nice touch that, that Avery reached out to C.M. Newton, Avery, and uh, and also to Wimp Sanderson. And one of my favorite parts of the press conference was when Ben Job was there, and he was very emotional about uh, having Coach Job there, who lives in Montgomery and who will also be a, a help to Avery in state, I think. But who does he have time to get in good enough with Josh Langford? Well, I will say this, Kerry. If he, if he brought in there's – a, there's, a, there's a card – the coaching staff has not been hired. If there is a if there's a certain coach in Texas right now, if he were brought in as associate head coach, he's a head coach at Texas Southern University. I have been guaranteed by someone close to Josh Langford that he would be in Tuscaloosa if Mike Davis was uh, was back uh, in the program, and that's all I'll say. I was also guaranteed John Petty would be in Crimson. Well, let me ask this: is is that worth it? I mean, I know that I think both of those guys are potential one-and-done guys. And, I mean, I guess I'm just trying to think out of the box here, guys. If you are not a diehard Alabama fan and you believe, uh, excuse me, and you don't believe that everybody who's ever been to Alabama or anybody who's ever been an Alabama fan um, is a good person or and, and a totally sane person at heart, if you're just the average guy, and you think about Mike Davis and you go through his career, I mean, he's had some pretty outlandish moments. So, oh, I mean, there's no doubt. Wor- so is it worth it to bring him in with the risk of, oh, my gosh, I mean, what if he did something just totally crazy? And, you know, do you really want to go down that path? And And I think that, though, maybe it is, because I've seen Josh Langford and I've seen John Petty and both of those guys are program changers. Well, I'll say this, uh, Luke. The best way to equate it is I wouldn't want Mike Davis to be the head basketball coach at Alabama, but as an assistant, he already was under David Hobbs at one time as well. He is a great recruiter. It's the reason Bob Knight hired him at Indiana. Then when he was head coach at Indiana, when Mark Godfrey had the program role, he goes into Tuscaloosa and gets D.J. White. The guy knows everyone in the state of Alabama. He would control the state. Uh, he would he would bring talent immediately. And the other card is he's always told people his ultimate goal was to either be the head coach at Alabama, which I don't think will ever happen, or go get to the NBA level. What better way to get to the NBA than to work for Avery Johnson, who knows, as he said yesterday, has phone numbers for every GM and head coach in the league. Uh, you would work for him. You could help turn the program around. They could pay you more money than you're making at Texas Southern. As you know in the SWAC, money will always be an issue. He would not be the head coach, but he could come back home and help resuscitate the program, and I'm sure he would be working for someone he would have a lot of respect for in Avery Johnson. Yeah, I mean, look, I would be a coach. He'd probably make more than he's making now. That's what I'm saying, exactly. That's what I was talking about. And he'd probably get more exposure, but, um, wow, I I, I mean, I think that's that's – Certainly interesting, and I hadn't heard that, but I think that could, I've heard a bunch of names though. I mean, you hear about uh, what's great. You hear about somebody like uh, uh, Roy Rogers, I believe, is it, who's with the yeah, Washington he's, Wizards. He's with the Wizards, yeah. And he's with um, the Wizards. He's, you know, it's just great to hear that he's doing so well. You want to talk about a guy that I pulled for 
as hard as anybody. I mean, Antoine Petway is on that list of, of favorite players of the last uh, decade or so, and, and Roy Rogers is certainly somewhere on that list too. I mean, he was just, uh, oh, wow. I just loved watching him and, and the effort he put out there and the triple doubles he would put up. So, But, you know, NBA assistant coach is going to make more than what we're going to be able to pay. I have to believe that. And I don't necessarily know that he's going to be on that list. But you hear names like Rick Stansberry, who you talk about something wild. That would almost be the equivalent, even though there have been several years that have passed since the Alabama-Mississippi State rivalry was at its height. That would almost be the equivalent of Bill Oliver leaving Alabama to go to Auburn to coach, if you ask me, because – the hatred that was felt towards that man and the Mississippi State program, and it, and that street ran both ways, was pretty legendary. I mean, just could not stand Mississippi State at the time. Uh, a lot of it stemmed from the Mario Austin deal, certainly, but wow, did, the, did these two programs dislike each other at, at back in the day. And so to have him come and potentially be an assistant in Alabama would be uh, mind-blowing, honestly. It would be, Luke, and I think last night there were strong indications uh, that Rick was going to had a very good chance of coming to Tuscaloosa. I do think A&M met with him yesterday, Billy Kennedy and the athletic director, and obviously he had an offer on his desk from Avery Johnson, who I believe went to see him last night, thought that he, there was a good chance he would come back to Tuscaloosa today and be on the staff, but around lunchtime I was informed by someone close to him that he was going to stay at A&M which is not surprising. I mean, he's very uh, crucial to Billy Kennedy's success, and they brought in a great recruiting class. But as we've said, Mike Davis is still out there, that option. You talked about Roy Rogers. I got a phone call from a very high-profile high school basketball coach in Tuscaloosa this past weekend who is, was angling to try to get an interview to be on the coaching staff, uh, one Jack Doss of J.O. Johnson High School. Uh, I think he would be an excellent fit. I think uh, he would. He knows the entire state. He's a veteran. I know he's never coached on the college level, but trust me when I tell you he could coach circles around Anthony Grant. But uh, that's another card that could be played. Also heard rumors about Buck Johnson. The only thing with Buck is he's never really coached. I know he's coaching mm-hmm. AAU basketball right now, but, again, he has a son at Spain Park. And you could even see Buck come into a role like a Wendell Hudson uh, in the athletic department, and that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I think Buck would also be a, a very interesting hire. Jack Hoss, that's the name that I would love to see. This is a guy that, you know, through other business connections, um, I've gotten to talk to him a little bit. And, and we've talked a little basketball, and obviously I got to see him um, at the finals for the AHSA as I was calling a couple of his games. But super, super nice guy and tons of connection. And all you talk about all he does is win. I mean, that's all he does is <laughs> He just wins all the time. He knows all about it, and I think he would be a fabulous hire. I think he's probably ready to take a step like that too. And who better to learn under? If you're gonna, you know, get your feet wet in the college game, you probably want to try with somebody like an Avery Johnson. You can both kind of learn off one another, first of all. But if you have any doubts about anything, Avery Johnson has been in the NBA, which is pretty much a meat grinder and he can certainly help calm your nerves, et cetera. So I think that would be a fantastic fit. Jack Doss would be right there at the top of my list. And meanwhile, Buck Johnson, another guy that is an Alabama hero, and everybody certainly remember, remembers him fondly, and his son Jamal is going to be another 
Uh, he's not necessarily on the petty level, but he's up no. there in terms of a recruit. And I think that I think he's a take all day, every day. Just like you know, I think the the one guy, and I don't mean to get off the rails here, but one guy that came to mind immediately when we hired Avery Johnson was Justin Coleman. I mean, he just it, it's almost like Justin Coleman is Antoine Petway, who is Avery Johnson, and the the. Sure. The the line through all three of those guys, and and you can see how potentially each one of them, you know, Coleman could become Petway, who could become Avery Johnson. I mean, it's so crazy to think about the similarities uh, in all three of those guys' games. And so I think that Justin Coleman can learn as much from Avery Johnson and benefit more than maybe anybody on the team right now. And uh, I'm very excited about that. But going back to the Buck Johnson. A potential hire, I think that would be fantastic. I, I really do uh, remember him fondly, and I think that he would be an Alabama hero. And sometimes, look, I've said it on this program, I know, that Alabama football in this state sells itself. Alabama basketball, you need a hook. And if you want to get some of the old-timers back in the the Coliseum, then you bring somebody like a Buck Johnson. You you honor somebody like a Robert Ory. You You – you know, to honor somebody like a James Robinson. You do any of those type things, people are going to come back because they're going to want to remember those days. And then you put your product on the floor, and if your product gets after it, and if you're – you don't have to be the most entertaining team ever. If you're moderately entertaining, people will continue to come back. I'll tell you yeah, I True words. He hasn't been an assistant coach on the uh... – Level yet, but I'll, I'll talk to Keith Askins in Miami Heat. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think he'd be he awesome. Be, I mean, I think would be someone to been, keep an eye on. People have been talking about Keith Askins ever since they knew he was on the staff. Um, I think he's been on the staff, or uh, he was on the team maybe with some of the championships with 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 Shaq or with Dwayne Wade. Was he on that team? I think he was, and then he, uh, he was he, on the staff. He had, with he had Shaq retired already, Luke. He, he played oh, he twelve okay. years. He, he, was he was okay. He was well, he's been he's been there a long time, regardless, and I think people uh, remember yeah. him very well. It's hard to forget those teams. I'll tell you, I went on YouTube the other night because we started talking about um, basketball in general and uh, UNLV team, old UNLV teams, and and that Alabama Loyola Marymount game came up, and so I went on YouTube and I watched. Uh, I didn't watch all the game. I sort of skipped through some of it. But my goodness gracious, there was a time in there when we just cranked out the athletes. And when I see the end of that game and, and Robert Ory had a nice turnaround jumper chance to tie that ball game, and if he had just – if he had, he didn't realize, I don't think, how much time he had left because he was a true freshman, but if he had realized he had another good second, he could have gotten a little bit better shot, composed himself a little more. Then you think about what could have been because also that same night, um, UNLV almost lost to – to Ball State, I think, and uh, but in the end, it would have been Alabama taking on UNLV in the Elite Eight. That would have been a, a heck of a ball game. There's no doubt. And then, like Wimp Sanderson told me with Keith Askins, you never know on guys. His only offer was from to North Alabama when Alabama signed him, and he went on to play 12 years for the Heat, and now he's still coaching yeah. for them. And he would be very interesting if they could get him to coach in college. But he and Pat Riley are. Or joined at the hip, and I think uh, he enjoys his uh, 
his time in the NBA, but you never know. I mean, obviously that's another avenue that could be approached, um, and, and we will see. But in uh, Jack Doss, I agree, Luke. I think he would be a great fit. We'll see if he gets an interview. I know he told me, you know, he's he's won eight state titles, which is a record. He's like the Bob Hurley Sr. or the Morgan Wooten of this state. But he told me he would like to finish his career in coaching and try to help Alabama basketball reach levels it has not reached before. And uh, I'd like to see him get that chance, and we'll just have to see what happens. And yeah, Drew, I think also there are two other uh, familiar names today that, that might be possible. Go ahead and share those two. Uh, yeah, no, I was told no, today. Don't. Yes, I was told Luke no, today. I'm sorry, to watch I was, I was telling you go ahead. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I just going to say I was told today to to watch Butch Pierre at Oklahoma State and also Robert Kirby at Memphis. Hmm. Well, I, I love the Memphis that. angle. Yeah, you circuit very well. And Butch Pierre was at LSU for a long time. Right. Yeah, I think those, both of those names would be interesting. And I'll tell you, you brought up Bobby Hurley. Um, Bobby Hurley Sr. Bobby Hurley Jr. just took the job at Arizona State today. I, I was, yes, he um, did. I thought that was pretty interesting, and I think it's a great hire by them. Uh, it was a pretty there was a pretty funny tweet out there by Lost Letterman said, you know, for to to sell Bobby Hurley Jr. on the job going from Buffalo to Arizona, all you had to do is show him a postcard of Tempe, and I think that's probably exactly right. <laughs> well, he's an East Coast guy. Take going to Arizona State. I, I, I've always been a huge Hurley fan. I'm, I'm going to wish him nothing but the best. Uh, I'll definitely be watching and following his career at Arizona State. I, I think everyone knew he wouldn't be at Buffalo much longer. Uh, he uh, talked to DePaul, but I think wisely passed on that job. But Arizona State's had some success under Herb Sendick, and we'll see if uh, he, if he can resuscitate it. It's tough being in the same state as Arizona, but I think they can definitely compete. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. The bottom line on this Avery Johnson thing, though, just to sum it all up, is I think everybody should be happy. I mean, if you want to find something negative about this, then you were going to find something negative about anybody else. I can't imagine how negative you would have been about no Steve Chrome or Michael White or any of the Archie Miller. I mean, and, and the only one out of that crowd – that I think was truly on the uh, the precipice of potentially being hired, and that is Steve Prome. And while I think that could have been a good yeah. hire, it really could have been. Um, there, there's no uh, enthusiasm from the fan base about that. I mean, if you're a diehard Alabama basketball fan, you may, you would pull, you would say, "Yay, Steve Prome," but you would have said, "Yay, anybody." So the layman. Alabama fan isn't getting behind that from the jump. Now, if if Steve Prom comes out and does some has some records like he's had at Murray State, then yeah, I mean I think everybody get behind him. But he'd have to go prove himself. Avery Johnson walks in on level six, whereas Steve Prom would have walked in on level one. Yeah, that's well said, Luke. I, I completely agree, and just anxious to see how the coaching staff uh, fills out. And it, with a bed period, it, there's a small window open. And then the signing period uh, starting next week. Obviously, uh, they, I think the weekend will will be very interesting to follow as, as to who you know, joins his staff in Tuscaloosa. Can't wait to see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Luke, we uh, appreciate your time as always. I had a feeling you're going to be pretty fired up about this, both as an alumni, as a as a media guy, and as a season ticket holder. You get to enjoy it on three levels. Uh, but we definitely. Definitely appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, we're about ready to go to our first break, but uh, 
Luke, you have a great night, and uh, roll tide, buddy. Thank you, Luke. Roll tide, everybody. We appreciate you having me on, guys, anytime. Absolutely. Always love right. to have him. That's uh, Luke Robinson, who, uh, in addition to the uh, other, Luke is good. And in addition to the uh, the uh, endeavors of Luke that I mentioned when I introduced him, he has one more that's very popular. It's a uh, it's a podcast called Talking Tuscaloosa that he does with another friend of the show, Jimmy Stein, uh, known on the internet as LJS Law. So uh, check out the podcast Talking Tuscaloosa with Luke Robinson and Jimmy Stein. In addition to uh, the other things he does with Alex City Outlook and the Sports Blitz on on the 97.7 of Fairy Elk City, and uh, always one of our more in, informed and entertaining guests, and he's very passionate about basketball, and I knew this would be the week to have him No doubt. And uh, as always, he brought it through. Yes, so he did. So what we're going to do now is uh, take our one and – all right. What we're going to do now is go ahead and uh, take our one and only break of the evening. It is uh, half past the hour of 6 in the Central Time Zone or wherever else you may be. Uh, we do have another guest scheduled for the top of this hour uh, at, at uh, 7 Central. We'll bring on Kurt McNair from Alabama Magazine. But we'll spend uh, the next uh, 30 minutes or so talking about some other aspects of Alabama athletics as well as getting back to football and basketball. But for now, we're going to take a break just for a few minutes. You're listening to BAMS Radio, a member of the Bama Sports Radio family.
Welcome back to Vans Radio. It's 27 minutes before the hour if you're listening live. And if you're not, you're listening on the podcast. We appreciate you, too. Remember, you can call us on the Big Head Barbecue Hotline at uh, area code 714-510-3707. That's a 714-510-3707. And joining us now on the Big Head Barbecue Hotline, the pride of Greenville, Alabama, my friend and yours, Colin Big C. McGuire. I'm going to open it up by asking him a question. Usually we let him ask us questions. But this week, I'm going to start off with a question for Big C. Big C. Drew went to the scrimmage this past Friday, and he noticed that uh, due to injuries in some other situations, that the second string right tackle on offense was a young man that went to your high Oh, yeah, Will Davis. Fort Dale Academy. Will Davis of Greenville, Alabama. What do we know about old Will? He's a good young man. His daddy played football at Alabama. William Davis played from signing the same signing class with uh, Jeff Rutledge and Tony Nathan and, uh, excuse me, uh, Marty Lyons and Barry Krause and that bunch. And he was redshirt. He played on the JV team in 75. He was redshirt. He played some on the varsity. And he was also playing on the JV team in 77. And then he got his knee messed up real, real bad against Marion Institute. So, that was basically the end of Williams' career. But Will's a hard worker. He's a real smart young man. He comes from a real good family. He's six five, weighs about three hundred twenty five pounds, which is hard to believe. He he's, he works out and he's pretty dedicated. Um, how did he look to you the other day, Drew? Hello. He's probably muted. Uh, how did he look, Harry? From what y'all know. Well, I wasn't there. I was just asking Drew because I had to make a, a presentation yesterday in Atlanta uh, to a lunch group of Alabama alumni. I was I was able to figure out who the backup right tackle was with all the injuries they've had and stuff. And I know that this fall maybe be Lester Cotton when he gets there. But uh, Drew was at the scrimmage Friday, and he he did observe William running with the second stringer. Are you back now, Drew? I don't know where Drew went. Anyway. We'll, we'll ask him that when he comes back. But uh, he had told me, because you know, Drew did get to the scrimmage, I didn't. And I thought that you might find that interesting since he's a, a fellow Fort Dale Academy grad of yours. Yep. And I talked to his daddy not too long ago. Williams, his daddy's a good guy, a real good fellow. Uh, I remember that name now that you mentioned. It just didn't enter my mind that that'd be his daddy. Yes, he wore number 90. Before Thomas. Defensive uh, line. He was a defensive tackle. And he got messed up real bad against uh, Marion Institute. His knee got messed up real bad. He just never really recovered from that. Okay. But, well, uh, but anyway, but, uh, he's he a good young man. Right now, but it... I'm sorry, what'd you say? I'm, I could, you sort of That's it. Break. That's it. I, I, just, I was just wondering, you know, what all you knew about him. Uh, I think Drew might be on a call right now, but uh, he'll be back in a second. Um any, anything else going on you want to ask us about? It's been a pretty big well, let me mention this. I saw I saw Avery Johnson at the Montgomery Airport. At the Montgomery Airport, he won. He was out there a little earlier today, and they had him on the sports report. So it looks like to me, beating the bushes, trying to get all the coaches in, and he's pretty animated when he's on TV. And I think Coach Battle made a real good hire there, from what I can tell. Yeah, we we think it was a great hire. Uh, and he did go by, uh, I believe, Carver High School today uh, and talked to signee Brandon Austin. Uh, we also know that he went to another, a few other schools in y'all's area. He went to Keith High School near Selma, 
uh, he, I, he's trying to meet as many high school coaches as he can, but at the same time, he's trying to hit up the uh, current signees, and also he'll be he'll be down in Mobile talking to or Theodore, Mobile County, talking to Dazon Ingram, who decommitted when when Grant was fired, and all indications are that uh, Monday he'll end up re- with, signing with Alabama. He signed scholarship papers, but not as low an intent. So, uh, uh-huh. you back yet? I don't know what I have to do. Well, anyway, <laughs> he shows as being here, but uh, anyway, maybe he, I heard somebody's phone ringing while we had Luke Robinson on, and it might have been Drew's phone. He might be uh, he might be in the process of, of getting us some scoop. But, uh, yeah, that was a great hire by Bill Battle. Uh, the way that he got Avery Johnson was that he, you know, had offered in the neighborhood of $3 million, a little more maybe, to uh, Greg Marshall at Wichita State that we all thought he was going to get to the mother and the kids said they didn't want to leave Wichita. Uh, but when word got around to that, it, it caused the agent for Avery Johnson to give Bill Battle a call last week, I believe on Thursday. And um, really by by Sunday night, really, he was the coach. Uh, it, it was a whirlwind process. It was a – maybe it sort of fell into Bill's lap, but he still closed the deal. And Avery Johnson is a guy that every recruit and every recruit's parents know who he is because of his playing time as the NBA champion and as being the 2006 coach of the year in the NBA when he lost in the finals to the Miami Heat. Uh, and Drew is back now. Uh, Drew, what I was getting Big C to do when he first called in because they're both in the same area, the same high school, he was telling us a little bit about Will Davis uh, that you said was the backup uh, offensive right tackle in the scrimmage and uh, walk-on from, from the Greenville area, Fort Dale Academy, whose dad, I didn't realize this, the big C coast, but his dad, William, played for Coach Bryant back in the 70s and won over 90 as a defensive mom and a letterman that had knee injury into his career uh, about a year short of fulfilling his eligibility. But uh, So uh, big C was wondering, Drew, when the second-team offensive line was out there against the probably the best front seven in America, how did they actually look and how did Will look? Uh, again, it was, oh, it, was, it was a hot and cold. They didn't do a whole lot running the football and, but I thought the, the uh, as far as when they were going two versus twos and two versus threes, and I thought that uh, the quarterbacks David Cornwell and obviously Blake Barnett did some good things, and obviously with Grant Hill being out with the, uh, on medical leave, Will and some of those guys are getting more opportunities. There's there there's kind of a dearth of tackles, and Rosh Piersbacher had been you know working some at right tackle, but with that Shank Taylor being injured and with his excellent performance inside, they've They've moved Ross to, to uh, obviously to inside the guard, and and I, and then Will is uh, you know doing a good job, especially for a walk on. But I was when Lester Cotton, who's been just about to, at every spring practice from since Tuscaloosa, when he reports in May, I think he's going to definitely be a guy they try to groom behind Dominic Jackson there. But again, I thought the second team line did some good things. You you knew that they were getting a little thin though because they were having to put Ryan. Kelly at guard, uh, which they've done at, sporadically at times in practice, and he looked pretty good at uh, backup right guard. But again, the offensive line, there's still there's there's been a lot of talent brought in the last couple of years, but uh, they definitely need to, they need to add the Wester Cottons of the world and those guys and Matt Womax when he gets there uh, in the fall in May. But uh, and then they need to add another class uh, to those guys because they're still. Uh, depth uh, you know, concerns, especially at, at offensive tackle. But uh, overall, I thought for a first scrimmage, the offensive line wasn't bad. Well, uh, what about Cam Sims? Is he 
is he going to have major surgery like Bo Scarborough, or is he going to be able to rest his leg, or what's the, what's the status of Sims? Oh, yeah, he, he had to have surgery, uh, Big C, tore his ACL. Um, I think okay. it's very likely that he'll redshirt next year. He did not red. He did not, and, of course, he played some as a true freshman. I think if Calvin Ridley can acclimate himself quickly, obviously we talked about Daylon Charlotte. If he can do the same thing, and with the other four guys that uh, are getting a lot of reps, and we really haven't mentioned it, but I think Cooper Bateman is going to move wide receiver now. Will he stay and in, in, uh, in the program and, and, and decide not to transfer out? We will see. But I think Cooper is a good enough athlete. Now, it's going to be tough for him to get a lot of playing time because there's a lot of talent in front of him with Chris Black, with uh, Robert Foster, with our Darius Stewart, and obviously uh, we talked about the performance of Derek Keith. But, you know, there's still going to be a chance there. And I didn't even talk about Raheem Falcons, who made two or three catches. He will be a junior. But, again, they, they're going to have a lot of talent at receiver, and uh, it's going to be tough. But I think Cameron Sims – who would have been the top three or four is likely going to redshirt. And I still – they're talking about Bo Scarborough coming back, obviously, in, in mid-October. But if Damian Harris is doing well and performing, I wouldn't push Bo Scarborough. You want that young man, uh, even though everybody realizes he has NFL potential, you don't want to rush him back. He's had a lot of injury issues in high school. But I think uh, right now, offensively, they just need to, fit to put the pieces together and have one of the quarterbacks step forward. I got you. That's good. PC mentioned that he saw the uh, uh, video of uh, the Bama plane and Avery out to Montgomery Airport as he was making his trips across the state. And then yes. Jeff Shearer, who I guess is their sports anchor, just tweeted a photo of the same. So, uh, busy day for Coach Avery. And uh, Big C uh, doesn't usually ask me a lot of basketball questions in the, in the <laughs> 30 something years I've known him. But, well, he's been tweeting and you know, all this kind of stuff, asking me about uh, Avery Johnson. So, we we may have got ourselves a new Alabama basketball fan now in Big C. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. I like him better than Greg Marshall for some reason. I think. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like I read an article on him in the Montgomery Advertiser a few days ago, and his coach Ben Job lives in Montgomery now, and he really what he said about him really impressed me. Yeah, that was uh, I, that was a lot of great stuff, Big C. I really agree with that. No, no. Yeah, so I don't know, and he's got you know, and he's pretty animated, and I think, and he's pretty, and he's pretty outgoing and everything. And I liked Grant. I know y'all didn't, or maybe y'all did, but he's just, from a personality standpoint, he's a lot different than him. And you got to have some pizzazz. He's got a lot of pizzazz to it. Come out, uh, I find two people more different than as coaches than those two guys. But we've got a guy now that's animated, excited, personable, loves to do interviews, called the media his brethren yesterday. Uh, <laughs> he, he, I, you know, press conferences went from boring and scripted to fun and exciting, and I'm I'm just I'm on board with it. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. Uh, I really think this is a a great great home run type hire. Yeah, well, I'm, glad for, I'm glad for Go Coach ahead, Biden, man. It was pretty rough. Uh, oh, let me mention something to you, Kerry and uh, Drew and uh, uh, anybody in your listening audience. Uh, I don't know if you've been reading my Facebook page, but, you know, i got a Talking Bama with Big C Facebook page, and I've done some articles recently of people 
had birthdays recently uh, in March and April on there, and then today I got a trivia question, and so I just sort of want to let everybody know that's looking, uh, that's listening to y'all right now to look at Talking Bama with Big C today. I got a pretty interesting trivia fact about a great Alabama football player, what he did in a ball game a few years back, but uh, just check it out. Yeah, no okay. doubt. Cool. A lot of great – as everybody knows, Big C has a deep tie to the Alabama program. He obviously has already come on to give you the background uh, on the uh, on the backup right tackle and give us some facts that you know. Neat. I didn't. I was not aware of that uh, that his father played for Coach Bryant. So that's a neat thing, and he's obviously getting the chance uh, to become an integral part of the program. And Big C does such a great job. First of all, on his radio show and with his Facebook page. So all of our listeners, uh, check that out. Jive.com and Facebook. <laughs> no doubt. You'll have a special guest tomorrow morning on your show, right, Big C? Yeah, right. 740. You. Yeah. <laughs> C.C. Bama. That's right. That's Big C. C. 20 minutes tomorrow morning talking Bama sports, including basketball. So that should be fun. You don't have to live in Greenville to hear it. Just go to jockdive.com and uh, listen to the podcast. Get on the Internet. We're worldwide. That's right. Yep. We are. We are. Worldwide like uh, worldwide. So <laughs> <laughs> what what role worldwide West will play in Alabama basketball program now, Drew? <laughs> yeah. I even I even saw his name come up on an assistant coach's list. <laughs> wow. Uh, worldwide West. Pretty wild, isn't it? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Well, I don't know what else to mention, but I appreciate y'all having me on y'all's show, and I'm looking forward to having you on there, Carrie. But when Carrie can't come on, Drew, you're as always welcome to be on there also. Well, thank you, Big C. I've been been on the show many times. Always enjoy being on in Greenville. Thank you. Well, y'all have a great day, and roll tide roll. Roll tide, Big C. Call it Big C McGuire. Pride of Butler County, Alabama, Greenville. Um, you know, I, I got you. <laughs> the first time I ever met Big C. It was the uh, it was August of 1977, and I know that a lot of people listening weren't even born then. But I was a freshman in Alabama. You know, first time away from home for any time of length. And uh, Big C was actually a sophomore because he had gone his freshman year to Marion Institute. Yeah. Uh, but Big C was in my dorm for a short time, for a few weeks, and uh, he uh, ended up getting an apartment. But uh, Big C came over as a wrestling manager. And yeah. uh, after Big C's sophomore season, uh, really the first semester he was there, uh, around the end of the year, 77, Coach Brown announced that they were discontinuing wrestling. But Coach Brown was kind enough to make a spot on his managerial staff for Big C. So, Big C was part of both the 78 and 79 National Championship Alabama teams, and he still has his 1979 championship ring, and I, I think he wears it to bed. Uh, but you would never meet somebody that loves the University of Alabama more than Colin McGuire, and he's, uh, he's, uh, he, most everybody that has had anything to do with Alabama for any length of time, uh, I know you know a lot of people that know him, Drew, like West Neighbors, but, uh, you know, I mean, he knew Billy, the late Billy Neighbors, Big C knew him. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we're 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 really happy to have Colin as as a part of our show, and uh, if you've never met him, and you ever do meet him, he will never forget because he doesn't forget a name, he doesn't forget a face. Uh, no, he, he's just he a great guy. 
He's a, and, I, and we're so glad to have him calling us every week. And y'all can go to jockdive.com and, and, and check him out. And also, you know, if you're listening live right now uh, on www.bamsradio.com, you can call us on the Big Heads Barbecue Hotline, which is 714-510-3707. Put it in your phone, bookmark it, whatever you got to do, 714-510-3707. Uh, I don't guess that since we moved to Thursday that the chat room is quite as active as it is, but we do have one on the site. You can go in there and transmit questions to to Thomas Watts, our producer from Touchdown Alabama Magazine, back in the studio. Um, so eventually, down the road, we will end up moving back to Wednesday nights, and we're hopeful to move back to 7 to 9 Central. We can get all that worked out, but that's a work in progress right now. For the time being, we'll stick on Thursdays, and for the time being, uh, at least for a few more weeks, we'll stick on 530 to 7.30 Central. But as always, you can go to www.bamsradio.com and listen to our podcast. They're up 24-7 with um, I know, so I got a little uh, nice feedback on the uh, Tyler and Siler for a remark I made in anger about their wonderful uh, people that didn't think we could get a good coach. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I guess I, I didn't even remember saying what the person said I said, but when I thought back, I was like, yeah, I probably did say that. So <laughs> sorry about that. Um, most of the people on PI are great. Um, and, uh, you know, eventually we're going to have uh, Rodney Orr come back on and talk a little recruiting. Uh, a day is a great time to talk recruiting, Drew, because it's one of those times of year when, uh, due to the visits that are going on, and they're ongoing. There's recruits at pretty much every spring practice. There'll be a ton of them at the scrimmage this Saturday. There'll be a ton of them at A day. Uh, I, I'm not going to try to spout out a name or a prediction, but it would not shock me if sometime between now and A day, or the day after A day, there might be another commitment or two, Drew. Oh, no doubt about it. They. they they picked up Minka Fitzpatrick last year, Calvin Ridley, Sean Burgess Becker. So it's always a time uh, in Alabama recruiting for uh, them to pick up uh, prospects. Uh, the A-Day game is a big deal with the ESPN. There's always a big crowd. So we will see how that goes. Uh, I, I think Travone Diggs is someone, as John Garcia said on this show last week, is, is someone to watch. So I will see if that comes to fruition, but excited about that. And I think uh, he, he, I wouldn't be surprised, Kerry, overall, if they picked up a couple. I agree. Another name that, that caught my eye as, as having visited this week, Drew, simply because of his dad being so well-known, but Alabama got a visit from uh, up-and-coming receiver Keyshawn Johnson, Jr. Yeah, he's a 6'1", 190-pounder from – uh, Mission Viejo, California. Uh, he's got offers from uh, Alabama. Offered him back in February. He's got an impressive offer sheet, and he uh, dropped by practice yesterday. And it's uh, hard to believe Keyshawn Senior's already got a high school age son, but he does. And a lot of people think he'll stay on the West Coast, but it sounds like he's definitely keeping his options open. Yeah. And I wanted to. Uh, I'm going to be dropping off in about eight minutes. I've got another engagement I got to get to tonight, and uh, the final. 30 minutes, but Drew and Thomas will be joined by one of my mentors and bosses in my in my world of uh, media is Kurt McNair of Bama Magazine. I hate him, I'll miss it, but I will go back and listen to the podcast so I can see what he said. Kurt got to go to the closed-door meeting yesterday with writers and Avery Johnson where they sat around a round table and he just took questions. Uh, so that's it'll be interesting to hear what Kirk has to say to Drew and Thomas about that. But uh, for now, uh, in this next few minutes before the top of the hour, I have to leave. I want to touch base on a couple of other sports at Alabama, one doing very well and one doing not so well. 
Uh, we'll start with the bad news. Uh, I was able to cover uh, the final game, the, the Saturday game, of the LSU baseball series when the Tigers, who are uh, you know, ranked in the top five, came in to Hoover Met and swept Alabama. The Tide had many chances to win that game, couldn't pull it off, ended up losing in extra innings as they had two nights before on Thursday. They lost two extra inning games in the series, both of which they left a ton of men on base. Uh, the left on base stats for the series was like 14, 15, and 14. Not acceptable. Uh, any of those guys score, and you win probably two of those games. But they came back and, and beat a mediocre Sanford team, beat their pants off uh, in Birmingham early this week. Two homers for Georgia Salem, whose mom, Paige Hopman, is a good friend of this show. Shout out yeah. to Asian Rim. we got to give Asian Rim a weekly shout out. Uh, Asian Rim is a, is a Thai restaurant that also features American food. They have locations in Huntsville um, and, also, and on Gallatin and also at the Colonnade uh, Shopping Center in Birmingham. Uh, you can get uh, sushi, you can get barbecue, you can get shrimp, you can get... Uh, Outstanding rice. wings. Outstanding wings, that's right. The wings are one of the best things they have. Uh, and they're not too spicy. Uh, you know, the food is, is really good. The service is excellent. As I told Paige in person, I've been a waiter before. I waited on tables at Shoney's, Ruby Tuesday's, the soccer scene in Tuscaloosa. I know what it takes, and they get it done there. So shout out to the Asian Rim. Back to sports, though. The sport that is doing good is uh, is softball. Uh, they've gotten already two midweek wins this week. Uh, they played, Drew, not too far from you last night in Decatur and uh, destroyed Middle Tennessee 11-0 in the tribute game to senior Daniel Richard. Uh, they, uh, they, they're uh, ranked in the top five in the country. Uh, they got over 30 wins now. Once again, Patrick Murphy won his 900th game the other night, uh, which is quite an accomplishment. They're not all at Alabama. He served as an interim coach one year at another school. But uh, the softball program is top five. The gymnastics program uh, is going to be heading to Fort Worth for the national championships this weekend. And it will be another chance for them to beat Auburn because, uh, as we mentioned last week, they won the Auburn Regional and they're now beating the Tigers 114 weeks in a row. Uh, so they'll try to make that 115, but they'll also try to capture an national championship for first-year head coach Dana Duckler. Uh, she's got them ranked in the top five. Uh, those, softball and gymnastics are, are doing wonderfully. Uh, baseball, uh, Bill Battle's going to have to make a decision, Drew, on who the head coach is in the first year from you study next year. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I I've been leaning toward a change for two or three years now. I think you get what you pay for, and the coaching staff is is in the bottom third of the of the SEC in pay. Obviously, Andy Phillips. Uh, what more can be said? Got another runner thrown out. That you know, if they had held him up at third, very good chance to beat LSU. Gets him thrown out. They end up losing the bat, the baseball game. Should have easily won two out of three, or could have easily, I should say. One, two out of three against the Tigers, but dropped all three. When, as you said in your write-up, you can't get swept. That's the one thing you can't do. You got to find a way. Instead, they're dead last, tied with Auburn, uh, with an with some experience on the roster and some talent, but I don't think it's being utilized properly. I don't think all the way around. Dax Norris is a better hitting coach than pitching coach, in my opinion. And then with with uh, Coach Gaspard, I think he was a very good assistant under Jim Wells. But, not so much a head coach. I wish they would pull the trigger and go ahead and get a baseball coach in there for the new stadium next year to open it to get some new enthusiasm and some excitement because 
to be honest with you, Kerry, baseball right now is about as dead as men's basketball was just a few weeks ago. We may have lost Kerry. Might have had to drop out. Kerry was on mute by mistake. The the baseball team is 16 and 15, 4 and 8 in the conference. Yes. How embarrassing would it be to not play in the SEC tournament at the Hoover Met when you've been playing home games there all year? Uh, (laughs) Very embarrassing, and I think grounds for dismissal. I know a lot of people have said that he will get the first season in the new stadium, but. If if uh, if they do not pick it up, and the schedule is, is brutal in the SEC, but once they get past Vanderbilt, it will lessen up somewhat. If they cannot turn the corner and start winning some games and at least get toward that 500 mark in the SEC, which should assure you of going to a regional and going to Hoover, if they miss out on Hoover, if I were Mitch Gaspard, I would rent, not buy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Softball, meantime, is, is, is 31-9. and nine. Uh, They took two out of three in Lexington. Then they turned around and beat UAB 10-0 on their field, and they went up to played at a park in Decatur and beat Middle Tennessee 11-0. To they're doing very well. Uh, they're at least going to host a regional and, and quite possibly a super regional again. Uh, I, I just can't really say enough about the great job that Patrick Murphy's doing. And we need to also mention when they beat UAB, it was his 900th win, uh, a big-time milestone for Coach Murphy. And he's, it's still amazing how what he's done in the last 10-plus years. And uh, now that Alabama is a powerhouse in women's softball, the first SEC school to win a national championship, played in the finals again last year. And it's basically a disappointment if they don't get to Oklahoma City. And uh, this team seems to be hitting its stride at the right time, got a nice – uh, series went on the road at UK last weekend, and the SEC now has become really more powerful in softball than the Pac-12, and has nine ranked teams uh, in the league. Yeah, and I'm looking at the standings right now. Uh, Auburn, as bad as they're doing in baseball, has, has gotten pretty good in softball. Uh, yeah. Auburn's ten and two, and Alabama's nine and three. But there's a ton of teams. That are that are going to be in the NCAA tournament. Um, out of the fourteen, probably eight or nine of them are going to be right up there. Uh, so, you know, Coach Murphy has done a wonderful job. Coach Dana Duckworth, in her first year at the helmet gymnastics, has also done a, a wonderful job. Uh, really can't say enough about that. You throw out that one bad meet they had. Uh, well, Arkansas. really, Arkansas on the road, and they had a little bit of a breakdown with LSU at home there toward the end. Some people kind of ran out of gas on the floor for Alabama. But uh, anyway, um, that's that, that's kind of a look at some of the other sports that are going on. We've we've given you pretty good coverage already this week on uh, on both uh, the football as far as the scrimmage and the various injuries and all, and how the depth chart might be shaking out, and also the great new basketball hire in uh, Coach Avery Johnson. Uh, and hopefully, we'll be hearing in just a couple minutes from Kirkman there. Does he understand he has to call us? Yes. Okay. So it's uh, it's now the top of the hour, seven o'clock central. We're hoping to hear from from Kirk any, any second now. He has just called in, so uh, I've got to run. Unfortunately, I've got another engagement I got to get to at seven thirty up the road here. But I'm going to go ahead and introduce him, and then let y'all hash it out the next thirty minutes, and I'll come back and catch up with what he said on the podcast. But before I head out, I want to bring on a, a good friend of mine, a good mentor, a guy that's been so great to me, letting me write for him through the years. Uh, let me do a little extra work now that I'm unemployed full time, and that's much appreciated. 
he founded Bama Magazine back in 1979 after a number of years in the media relations department. They called it Sports Information back then. He was he was kind of the right-hand man to Paul Bear Bryant, sort of like Jeff Harrington is now for Nick Saban. Uh, I've got to drop off now, but I want to go ahead and introduce your friend and mine, a good friend of this show, editor, founder, and publisher of Bama Magazine, Kirk McNair. Kirk, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm great, Gary. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Got to meet the wife a little bit up the road. We're going to a special movie show tonight. But, uh, I'm going to let Drew and Thomas and you uh, hash it out. But I'll go ahead and ask you the first question before I drop off. How was it yesterday uh, after watching Avery Johnson win the press conference? How was it when you got to go to the closed-door meeting in the roundtable with the writers talking to him one-on-one like that? Well, he was uh, he was just the way he was in the uh, introductory uh whatever you'd call that. It wasn't a press conference by any means. It was a, an introduction of him, and uh, he was great there. And then he went back in the in the Bill Battle's staff meeting room uh, where we used to interview Gene Stallings all those years ago, and and uh, he was continued to be just fabulous. Uh, he was, uh, I thought, had some great things to say, and uh, just everything about him was... Uh, uh, impressive. In fact, I, I spoke to one of the other sports writers who, uh, sort of a curmudgeon kind of a guy, cynic, maybe you'd say, and and uh, I said, well, I think you hit a home run. And, and this guy who I would have maybe expected to argue with me said, I thought it was better than that. So that gives you an idea of just how impressive he was back there. And he said great things. I thought it was, uh, you know, things that were encouraging to me uh, about uh, – when it got to style of play, for instance, he said, you know, I'm a 24-second clock guy. He said, uh, I've never had a problem getting a, a, getting a good shot in 24 seconds. I sure don't see us going to 34 seconds very often. So I think that's good news for Alabama basketball fans who really got a little frustrated with those many, many uh, throw-up-a-desperation shot to beat the to beat the 35-second uh, clock. So... Uh, also, I want to say one other thing that really impressed me. He said that he'd gotten a text from Anthony Grant uh, wishing him well. So, so that uh, probably not a surprise. Speaks well for Anthony Grant. No doubt, Kirk. Uh, this is Drew DeArmond, and thank you for joining us. Uh, I was I thought it was a home run as well, and uh, I was really happy to see him uh, acknowledge uh, his predecessors. Obviously, C.M. Newton and Wim Sanderson who were there, and it was a full room, a lot of former players. And what I would like to see, and I think that's what he he made reference to, is to get a lot of the former players back around the program and make them feel welcome. I've talked to a few and uh, most uh, tried to reach out to Anthony Grant, but he's a very standoffish, reserved guy and didn't really seem to reciprocate the in, the interest. And uh, with Avery Johnson, I think that's going to be a lot different, and uh, I think it's going to make people uh, more excited about Alabama basketball and very enthusiastic. I, I think so, too. I don't think there's any question about that. I thought it was interesting that Alabama put out a release uh, of a couple hours after Anthony had finished with the media uh, saying that uh, you can now order your your uh, <laughs> right. basketball tickets for next year. <laughs> and I think some people will. I think that'll happen. I think so. And obviously I know you've covered Alabama basketball uh, for, and you've seen it at its height and you've seen it, uh, what, how it was at the end of this season. Uh, well, I want to have made reference to Coleman Mausoleum because there was just no energy in the building, but 
I think it's fair to say that uh, in late November now that uh, or really early November, there'll be some excitement. Obviously, football people will be getting cranked up for the home stretch, but there will be a lot of anticipation for uh, Avery Johnson's first home game uh, at Alabama. I don't. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, it'll be, uh, you know, right this second. You couldn't say what kind of a team right. it'll be. Uh, he couldn't either. Uh, he doesn't have. He doesn't <laughs> know his players and has the, you know, the verse. But he'll get to work with them. You know, under those new NCAA rules that give uh, give it an opportunity for individual instruction, and and um, so they'll they'll get some of that. But what I hope that they'll do, because I think one of the things that's been lost is uh, uh, in in college basketball uh, around around our part of the country, at least, is is uh, for years and years and years the players in the summer. Uh, they weren't so structured into the drills that are done. They were out playing. You know, they played in the Birmingham right. Summer League for years against other good college players or even some pros, you know, would come in and play with them and uh, had pickup games with, uh, in Alabama's case, you know, they'd get with the guys with Stillman and, and play pickup games, and you know, where you're actually playing basketball. And, and I right. felt that uh, all during uh, Anthony Grant's uh, – era that uh, we were you know it was like everybody was doing drills and you know they just weren't playing uh that kind of loose uh instinctive basketball that uh, the, the very good teams have uh and i don't mean undisciplined i mean uh just a little more free and and, and i thought alabama played that way a few times this year with great success uh notably at texas a&m and uh in, in you know in their last regular season game, and I thought, man, it's it's a little late, but maybe they're turning the corner here. <laughs> and so, uh, obviously, it wasn't to be. But uh, I think that uh, you know you hate it for Anthony Grant in a lot of ways, but uh, I thought it was I thought it was past time. Actually, I thought the, probably should have pulled the trigger last year. But if we had, you know, we might might not have gotten. Uh, Avery Johnson, and uh, you know, you never know what might have happened. So don't worry about that. Just move on and be happy with uh, where we are right now. And, and Kirk, with your uh, this is Thomas. I generally produce. They're letting me out of my cage. Um, with <laughs> with you, you know, you want to see some different things from the players. What do you want to see from uh, Coach Johnson's new staff? Do you have anything in particular in mind? Well, I do. I, I mean, he's already made what I thought was the most critical move, and that was to keep to keep Antoine Petway because he's the guy who's been so involved uh, with the prospects that we have coming in, and also with the uh, uh, prospects of uh, going forward. Uh, and there's some very, very good young basketball players in this state. I mean, we're we're closing in on what some people think may be the best group of of uh, players in one class it's been uh, maybe ever uh, in the class not the next class but the one after that so um, I thought that was that was important I'd like to see him bring in a uh, big man coach uh, you know somebody that's who's sort of got a specialty of working with big guys because I think that uh, Jimmy Taylor and I'm not counting free throws now but I think in so far as <laughs> Being a good post player, 
I thought the last five weeks of the season that he had a complete change of of attitude and personality. Uh, he instead of getting pushed around, he was doing the pushing. Uh, he's got a he's got some some nice moves inside when he you know when he when he uh, when he performs them. Uh, he needs, but I think with a good coach that he'll he'll be a guy who'll get in position. He's got long arms. You know, he's six ten, but he's got when you factor in his arm length, he's probably plays about like a, a seven footer. Uh, but he hadn't really taken advantage of that. You know, this is a guy that ought to be averaging uh, a lot of points a game and uh, and getting a lot of rebounds. And and I think that with the uh, it's to my way of thinking, you know, and I realize I'm not a coach, but I've just been around it so much that you can't help but pick up a few things through osmosis. He's just he doesn't seem to know where to get and you know where to position himself on either offense or defense. And uh, you know he's sort of a stiff kind of a player, but he's not a stiff athlete. He's a he's a very agile athlete. So I think he that's the that'd be my next guy would be a. Uh, big man coach and then beyond that uh you know you might want to go for a kind of a national recruiter or uh yeah i just don't know how his, what his coaching style is if he uh you know in the nba you know there's no limits on the number of coaches you can have i don't know if he had a lot or a few and uh i've got a feeling probably he does a lot of the coaching and and he has uh other people are for uh, in his in, in, what he's getting into now in college, I think he'll be a, a lot more interested in getting good players than trying to coach up bad players, which I, I'd say that's a much better recipe for success. No doubt, Kirk. And what I, well, one thing I enjoyed was because you have to believe, and I enjoyed the fact that he brought up that Duke was the standard and that we're trying to reach the Final Four as far as Alabama's basketball program. And, it's a one hurdle they haven't been able to get to. Obviously, Mark Guyford came close one time getting to the Elite Eight. Wimp Sanderson had several Sweet 16 runs, but he's a, he has lofty goals. And I, I enjoyed the, the the comment, buckle up, because you're about to go on a ride you haven't been on before. And I, I know he's obviously uh, playing up and promoting his program and his agenda, but I think it's a nice change from what Alabama went through the last six years when Everyone just wanted some energy and passion in the program, and they got a big-time jolt of it uh, yesterday. Well, that's the absolute truth. And uh, one other thing, uh, he uh, is a very confident guy, very uh, self-assured, and I think that'll that'll, that'll carry over to his players uh, because he's a gregarious, outgoing guy. Uh, You know, I'm sure that Anthony Grant was confident, too, because he kept doing the same thing. Uh, But... (laughs) Uh, he, he, I don't think he probably. Uh, I'm going to guess that his players probably didn't enjoy the message from him very much. You know, it was probably more <laughs> like being in uh, calculus class or something. But uh, <laughs> I, I think he is. Well, you know, and, and when I say confident, I mean even in little things like uh, he said, you know. Uh, Somebody had to throw the ball to Tim Duncan when I was at San Antonio, and he said they'd never been to the playoffs till I got there. And so, you know, I like that. I like that attitude uh, that he had uh, about uh, about himself uh, as uh, as able to get things done. And I also was uh, very 
interested in his thinking on the Nick Saban angle because so much nationally had been made of Alabama not being able to get a good basketball coach because it's a football school. And he said that was one of the things that attracted him because he's a fan of Nick Saban and of football and of, uh, certainly of Alabama football under Nick Saban would, would fit the bill. And, uh, and he, uh, went into some of his thoughts about that and, and how football can help, uh, can help basketball, and, and which it can, and which Nick Saban is certainly uh, wants to be a part of helping the basketball program. Saban has shown over the years that he wants to help every program. I mean, he's the kind of guy that goes out and talks to the women's tennis team before a big meet, uh, goes and talks to the gymnastics team as they prepare for national championships. Uh, you know, he doesn't have to do that, but he does. He does that for the benefit of the whole program, and uh so uh, to do it for basketball would be a big deal, and uh, and I know Nick Saban is uh, much, much on board with that, in part because he wants Coleman Coliseum rocking in January, too, because he's going to have prospects in there, and he wants them to, to get caught up in the moment. There's no doubt, Kirk. Uh, I, 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 that's that's going to be crucial, I think. And I think that, to be honest, I think the fans want to see good basketball. I just think that they sent a message to Bill Battle and the university administration when uh, it looked as though Anthony Grant was going to get a seventh season that that didn't need to happen. Uh, as you said, it probably should have happened last year, but they decided to give him another year. As I said earlier on the show, the old Garth Brooks verse is sometimes God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Uh, they did not fire him last year, did not hire Greg Marshall, but they did get Avery Johnson. Now it's just going to depend on – how he puts together his coaching staff. But you, you would think with his vast array of contacts in the NBA and being on ESPN and being so well-known, he did say, I know he told you guys he'd had a lot of interest, he should be able to attract a quality staff. Yeah, in fact, he said he had already gotten a lot of uh, a lot of inquiries from coaches, and he understands that uh, they're, they're, they're predicament, uh, you know, uh, you know, a good coach can be on a, a staff that gets fired, uh, and 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 he gets fired too. There's no fault of his own. So uh, it's a he, he's going to have, as you say, he's going to have a lot of people to cho- choose from. And there's no rush, you know. Just like people were getting all concerned about hiring Avery Johnson, there was no rush to hire Avery Johnson. I'm glad we got it done, uh, certainly, but. Uh, it's a lot better to get the right right. We've all heard this, and it's true. It's better to get the right person than to get the wrong person in a hurry. So I think it worked out, and uh, I couldn't help but think of two previous former coaches as all this was going on. One was Rich Rodriguez uh, when Alabama almost got Rich Rodriguez instead, and instead had to settle for Nick Saban. And I, when I read uh, <laughs> Alabama having to settle for their second choice or whatever, I think about that. And the other thing I thought about was when Gene Stallings was hired. And, you know, there weren't any parades or anything of uh, what a great thing this is. Uh, it was okay, but, you know, there were plenty of other people that would have been just about as, uh, just as exciting to a lot of people. But then he brings in Brother Oliver and Malmore and uh, Mike Dubos and uh, Woody McCorvey and Larry Kirk, all these great coaches. And three years later, he's got a national championship, and and that's that's the model that I like. I like two things about it. One, I like getting pro people because there's there's if you're if you've been a head coach in pro ball, you're the right. best. I mean that's they're 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 the best. There's no 
there are no pro coaches that can't get a, a job in college. There are very few college <laughs> coaches that can get a job in the pros. So, uh, you know, it's just a different level of X's and O's because that's all they do. They don't have to recruit. They don't have to go to alumni meetings. They don't have to do all these other things that college coaches do, and their players aren't in school most of the time. So uh, that I like that idea of getting a guy who's been just X's and O's, X's and O's, X's and O's. And uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, he's the kind of guy that's going to uh, really appeal to prospects because, He's been there, done that. You know, this isn't any just maybe he knows something about it. He knows about it. And uh, and that's, of course, everybody you recruit. Uh, somebody told me the other day, said, yeah, most of those guys we're recruiting think they can play in the NBA. I said, you're wrong there. Not most of them, 100% of them. That's <laughs> every one of them thinks they can play in the NBA. So, uh, you know, they can, obviously. But I thought he said some good things. He said, yeah, he'd like to have some one and done. But we also need some two and done, and we need some four-year student athletes. And he said, the ones that want to go to the NBA, I can help them there. And the ones that want to get a degree and be, uh, you know, make their their living that way, I can help them there too. So, uh, I just about everything he said, I was I, I'm an Avery Johnson man. No doubt, Kirk. And I think the thing that I also enjoyed is. He, much like as a player, he had to have a chip on his shoulder because he was an undrafted free agent and went on to play 16 years. I, I, I got a little bit of that vibe as a coach because there's some people, as he said in his press conference, uh, people want to know if I can recruit. And uh, I think he wants to prove a lot of people wrong. Uh, there's been some critics that have said uh, uh, that he was not uh, being, having his door beaten down in the NBA uh, and that he uh, – and that. He might not be able to transition to, to college basketball, but if you look at the Kevin Ollie at UConn, already won a national title. Fred Hoiberg won the Big 12 at Iowa State. Obviously, Larry Kristowiak at Utah. Uh, all those guys, Larry Brown, obviously, has gone back and forth between college and the NBA. All those guys have been successful. and I don't think with Alabama's resources, there's no reason to believe Avery Johnson can't. I would agree with that. Those are great examples, and uh... – and it's, that's just the way it is. You know, they're just uh, – when you do something all the time and and pro owners are pretty pretty particular about their their employees working hard <laughs> in every pro yeah. sport. Uh, so uh, it's not like they coach their 82 games and maybe, you know, whatever more they get, get and, and then start taking time off. They are working, working, working all the time and evaluating talent all the time. You know, they – uh, different clubs do it different ways, and you know that uh, to a great extent follows into the general manager. But but this head coach is certainly looking all the time and evaluating uh, evaluating players. So uh, he's already got that. You know he he knows what to look for in a basketball player, and uh, so he'll and I and there's just it's just almost inconceivable. Anyone who watched his uh, watched his performance yesterday. Would know that he's when he walks into a, a room, uh, he's going to light it up, and uh, and he's going to be the he's going to be the man. And uh, I think he'll do a fabulous job recruiting. I noticed uh, I read in the, one of the articles I was skimming around reading a lot of different stuff, and where a Texas coach said that uh, he will be just a fabulous recruiter. Uh, 
based on everything he knew about him. So I would, uh, I, I, I don't think you could, could possibly project anything but that. No doubt. And, 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 and shifting gears really quickly, obviously spring football is, is rocking on with Nick Saban and those guys. And Avery Johnson spoke to the football team. I think everybody saw that speech. It was a great speech. It got those guys jacked up. I think Nick Saban really enjoyed having Avery at practice. But uh, Alabama is uh, two-thirds of the way home, uh, but still a lot of questions to be answered. And uh, obviously another big scrimmage coming up on Saturday. Well, you're right. And uh, there are a lot of questions still to be answered. That's all that and there's going to be a lot of big questions to be answered until they answer that quarterback question, which I don't expect right. to happen until in August. Uh, so, you know, that's just the way that's going to be probably. Uh, and uh, But I, I think the, the things that Nick Saban's been saying about the offensive line have made me breathe a lot easier. Uh, he's yeah. uh, got three starters to replay, and on several occasions over the last few practices, He's talked about how that offensive line is coming together, and uh, they're. Uh, uh, and I think he said something about. He said we've got a bunch of good ones up front, and and a bunch behind piling on. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that's where and Alabama does have a lot of bodies. Certainly, they just haven't played a lot, and so I think that uh, if you have an offensive line, and we know we've got a defensive front uh, seven for sure. Uh, you you are way ahead in the artillery battle. <laughs> you are way ahead. So I like no having those big cannons, and uh, uh, we're uh, uh, we know we've got the talent at tailback. Uh, although it's getting a little thin right now, it's a little worrisome. But uh, when you got when you got uh, Kenyon Drake as your number two guy, you're a pretty good tailback team, and so uh, I think they'll be fine there. I think uh, they've got enough great athletes to be uh, filling those three new wide receiver spots. I think O.J. Howard, everybody's considered him first team since he's been here, even though he hadn't started a lot, or not uh, not just the only tight end. He's been a, started a lot in a two-tight end situation. And uh, so I think, uh, you know, and they've got a great weapon, obviously, in their punter, uh, the best punter in the yes. country, I guess. So, uh so, no you know, there are a lot of good pieces to the puzzle. And, uh, and as, uh, you know, Alabama's had great recruiting year after year. There's not one guy on that team who wasn't part of a great recruiting class. And, uh, and we know that the coaches can do the job. So, and I think, you know, this is, uh, may sound a little, uh, strange, but I think Alabama really upgraded coaching, uh, in the offseason. Oh. Nothing against, uh, Kevin, um, I think it was a steal, or, or Lance Thompson, but uh, I think Kevin was, uh, you know, has a lot of strengths. I think both of them have strengths as recruiters. Uh, but I think that uh, Tosh Lapoy is not only was he considered the best recruiter on the West Coast, he was considered one of the best assistant coaches by far. Uh, he's really a, a, a guy who's animated who's got the attention not just of the outside linebackers that he coaches, but also of the entire defensive front seven. Uh, they're, uh, they're really uh, energized by him. And then in the secondary, I thought it was a great help to have the defensive coordinator, Kirby Smart, move to uh, coach inside linebackers 
and then to have a new guy, Mel Tucker, who comes in, and again, like I was talking about Avery Johnson, you bring a guy in from the NFL who's defensive coordinator in the NFL, uh, he knows something about X's and O's. Now, you know, Nick Saban does too, but Nick Saban's smart enough to realize that this guy can probably see some things, tweak some things, make suggestions. Uh, Saban has to make decisions, but to have yeah. a have a new guy back there with just some new ideas uh, in the secondary, but really for the whole defense, because uh, that's the way it is now. You know, the, you'll have a defensive coordinator, but but really uh, everybody's involved. So uh, I think that I think that that really really helped, and and really not to any of my business, but but I think LSU uh, losing uh, Chavis. Uh, and and yeah. getting Kevin Steele, I, they've got to be a little concerned about that move on uh, Les Miles's part. I just wish wish John Chavis had left the SEC. We still have to uh, <laughs> fool with him, but at least I think I don't think he's got the defensive players right now at Texas A&M. He's a year or so away, probably from being again a thorn in our side. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well. well it's interesting. Chavis is going to be distracted because of that ongoing lawsuit that's between A and M and LSU about who's paying the buyout, <laughs> which might be the most ridiculous thing we've seen this spring. But right, <laughs> I, I, Kirk. I absolutely. I think everybody on the show has said that the new coaching staff is excellent. But you know, you, you very well surmise the extreme experience and how highly regarded these coaches are. Does it concern you potentially at the end of the football season if these coaches follow up on what are extreme expectations, them like being a one-and-done almost? Because Tucker does have an, a very large NFL pedigree. Does that kind of thing yeah. enter the equation, or is it just psychological? No, it does. It does, but it, it does enter the equation, but it doesn't concern me. Nick Saban knows every coach he needs to know. If he doesn't know them, he knows somebody who else who knows them. So – uh, you know, when I'll give you a, uh, just a real quick story. When I was at, uh, when I was working in sports information at Alabama and I, and the, and the, and my counterpart at Auburn said, he said, uh, one of the things that just amazes us is we just worry, worry, worry about losing assistant coaches. And up there at Alabama, you, you lose them like they're falling out of trees. And then you get new ones that just seem to fall out of trees that are just as good. And, uh, so I think, uh, you know, the, the reason for that, of course, back when I was there, was those coaches wanted to work for Paul Bryant. And today, if you're a college coach, the one thing you want on your resume is to work for for a Nick Saban. There are not many of them, but a guy like that. So, so Saban, uh, combined with uh, Alabama's resources, it's pretty lucrative to be an Alabama assistant coach these days. Uh, I think uh, that will never be a problem. And, you know, Mel Tucker may want to hang around for a while, or, you know, you never know. Tosh LePoy is a West Coast guy. He might want to get back out there. But uh, if you watch him at practice, he seems to be enjoying himself. When I say watch him at practice, I made my 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. I'm anxious to see how he is going to uh, impact those guys because I felt like under Lance Thompson, who was a very good recruiter, but – since Coach Southunseri left, the production has not been what it needed to be at outside linebacker. Talking to someone 
uh, close to the coaching staff. Very excited uh, so far about what I've heard and of the little bit I've seen with Tosh Lupoy. I think uh, there's a lot of talent there that can be developed, and uh, I'm looking really forward to the season to see how those guys improve. I am too. I can't wait. Uh, you know, we've. Uh, we, I couldn't wait to get a basketball coat. Well, I could have waited a lot, a little longer if we'd had to. But uh, I'm glad to have that done. And now uh, we've got five more football practices, uh, the A-Day game, of course, and uh, and then we'll be, uh, you know, uh, start thinking about uh, Wisconsin. Uh, I got amused at somebody on our board. Put a note up after Wisconsin beat Kentucky. Said, "Don't worry, Kentucky. We'll take care of Wisconsin for you in Dallas." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to end it. Well, Kirk, we appreciate you for coming on with us tonight and giving us almost thirty minutes. Uh, you do such a great job. And just let our listeners know once again about your longtime publication and website, and then where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, well, the best place to find us is at bamamag.com, and. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, I'm too old to learn this Twitter stuff, so I don't do Twitter. <laughs> but uh, but we've got uh, we've got a pretty good website, I think, BamaMag.com, part of the Scout.com yeah. network. And I I give you a report on the uh, Fayette Holy Spirit baseball game, which I came up to watch my grandson play today. But uh, I don't know how it ended. I was on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, we thank you for taking the time, Kirk, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. Kirk McNair, we really appreciate him joining us. Longtime uh, uh, employee at the university as the director of sports information under Coach Paul Bear Bryant, and has had a magazine since the late 70s, and now a website that does such a great job of covering Crimson Tide Athletics. And we appreciate all the listeners joining us tonight, uh, and Kerry Clark. Uh, did such a great job hosting as usual from uh, obviously famamag.com. Uh, he does such a great job writing for them and for Kurt. I'm Drew DeArmond of AlabamaIntel.com and ESPN 97.7 The Zone radio station in Huntsville, Alabama. Thomas Watts uh, does such a great job as the wizard behind the scenes, and we look forward to uh, joining us next week for BAMS Radio. Good night, everyone, and roll tide. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.